Welcome to the Thrive Church Weekly Podcast. We pray that you will be blessed and encouraged by this message today. Thanks for tuning in. Awesome. Let's just, I just want to go straight to uh, a scripture here this morning from 1 Corinthians 15, uh, verses 1 and 2. It says this, it says, uh, and this is Paul writing to the church. He says, I want to remind you of the gospel I preached to you, which you have received and on which you have taken your stand. By this gospel, you are saved. If you hold firmly to the word I preach to you, otherwise you believed in vain. If your parents or your grandparents met in church, if you know that, or if you know that they went to church together, put up your hand. Look around the room. Like, keep your hands up. Look, at, look around your room. Look who went before you. Look who, look who went before you. I love how this, this scripture says here, the gospel and on which you have taken the stand. And the stand that we have on, on Christ today, the stand that we have on, on, on the gospel, the full expression of his, the gospel, the, his death and resurrection from the dead, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, the indwelling of the Father's love, all of the goodness that we get to like right in the wake on is because of the generations that went before us and they took a stand. They took a stand. The word gospel, if you don't know what I'm talking about, what is this word gospel? It's a weird word. Uh, it, it's um, it's from, from a Greek word. And it means good news. Turn to your neighbor and, and just ask them, have you heard the good news? Have you, have you heard? Have you heard the good news? There's some good news. Uh, I just want to spend some time celebrating the gospel. And then I want us to give a shout of praise. <laughs> you know, first off, I was just thinking on a personal note. Yeah, I wouldn't have met Debbie if it wasn't for the gospel. Like straight up. I gave my life to Christ. I, I left a, just a bit of a toxic, flatting situation. Two weeks later, I met Debbie in church, in this church, because of the gospel. Something happened in my life. God orchestrated divine connections, and I'm like, thank you for the gospel. <laughs> the greatest gift that Jesus has ever given to me. You know, our society, get this, our society wouldn't have a moral code if it wasn't for the gospel. You wouldn't, we wouldn't have others bear our burdens to pray with us when we're not, you know, feeling up to it, when we're not well, if it wasn't for the gospel. Um, you, you may not have healing in your body today if it wasn't for the gospel. Our lives, essentially, I know my life, I know Christ, and I know the purpose and the guidance and the hope and the joy that he's brought into my life, and I would have none of that if it wasn't for the gospel of Jesus Christ. In fact, we wouldn't be guaranteed, you know, to be heirs of eternal salvation, to have this inheritance that when we die, we get to spend eternity with Jesus Christ if it wasn't 
for the gospel. And I just want to ask you just to stand up and to give Jesus just a shout of praise right now for the gospel, for his name above every name, for the king above every king, for those who went before us, who carried his promises to our lives. We give you praise, Jesus, for your name. We're so thankful for your goodness. We so appreciate you, Jesus, that you came into our lives. We praise you, Lord. We give you praise. We give you praise. We give you praise for what you've done in our lives, Jesus, and we want to be eternally grateful. We just count everything else as lost, Jesus. You're so good. You know, this, this year... Our theme is the gospel. <laughs> this is something that we've just felt uh, in our hearts over the last couple of months to just come back and focus on the gospel of Jesus Christ. You know, this good news that never gets old, no, no matter how long we've stewarded his love in our hearts, no matter how long we've walked the, the good walk and we've fought the good fight, you know, Jesus Christ the good news never gets old. And, and we've just thought, you know, with all the craziness of last year and, and you know, on the, on the global stage, all the, uh, the opinions and the thoughts and the conspiracy theories and the unrest and the turbulence of this, this era, you know, this space of time that we live in, and, and even the way that the devil wants to come into the church and bring division into his house, we just need to be anchored on the simplicity of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Debbie. <laughs> so good. Yeah. That's exciting. Hey, um, we just want to share a story with you today. And this is by somebody called Miralee Dun Dunker. She says this, I'd like to tell you another true story about a little girl that God used to change one man's vision and consequently the reality of life for millions of people around the world. We'll call her by her English name, White Jade. In the summer of 1947, my father, Dr. Bob Pierce, was invited to hold a series of evangelistic meetings throughout China with an organization called Youth for Christ. And it's an organization many of us will have heard of, YFC. For nearly four months, he and the YFC tra team traveled from one major city to another, speaking to thousands of spiritually hungry youth. And he sa she says this, in a letter to my mother, dated September 9, 1947, he wrote, we've now had about 11,000 accept Christ. There is no explanation for these things except that God is sovereignly showing his power, calling out a people here for his name. 1 Corinthians 1, 22 says this, Jews demand signs and Greeks look for wisdom, but we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to Jews and foolishness to Gentiles. But to those whom God has called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. For the foolishness of God is wiser than human wisdom. And the weakness of God is stronger than human strength. The gospel is so simple and pure that for our own human minds, it seems like foolishness. It's so simple that little children find it so easy to believe. But it's confounded and left scholars pondering for like 2,000 years. And we believe that it's a time to celebrate the simplicity of the gospel. 
the gospel in words and in action. The revelation of the good news of the Father's unfailing love for this world. And we all know that verse John 3.16 so well. For God so loved the world that he gave his son Jesus. That's what we're celebrating. So today we're going to just check out three truths about the gospel. Next week we're going to give you part two. Um, This is a two-part Vision um, Sunday series. Next week there's a lot more. And there's some very exciting things that you do not want to miss um, out on next week. And a few more practical things. Um, So, yeah, three points and truths about the gospel. The first one, Jesus is the gospel. Yeah. Just confirming Jesus is the gospel. Woo! That's the best news, eh? Beats church news. Paul said this. Church news is amazing, Liam, but, you know, Jesus is better news. 2 Corinthians 2 verse 12 says, When I came to the city of Troas to preach the good news of Christ, the Lord opened a door of opportunity for me. Acts 4 says it like this, Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to men by which we must be saved. And Jesus said the same thing again in John 14, 6, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So he wasn't saying, hey, you can take my offer or you can leave it and look for a better offer. No, he was saying, I am the way, the only way. The gospel is Jesus Christ. Simply put, the gospel is Jesus. It's his death and it's his resurrection and everything that that means for each one of us. There is one gospel. It is only found in Jesus. It is Christ alone who saves. This is why we preach the gospel. This is why Christians have gone to the ends of the earth. This is why we need urgently to do the work of evangelism. We've got the good news, and the world needs to hear it. So um, as Debbie was sharing the story back in China, um, after the Youth for Christ meetings and 11,000 people accepted Christ, uh, Merrily writes, it was not surprising that my dad didn't mention in his letter an invitation to speak at a girls' school on a tiny, tiny island off Amoy. The school was run by a group of Dutch Reformed missionaries, and the principal invited Dad to speak in their morning chapel. As he always did, my father gave the gospel message with simplicity, great passion, and many received the Lord. Most of the girls at the school, but uh, most of the girls at the school, but some were local, uh, lived at the school. Sorry, but some were local residents. Their parents allowed them to come to the missionary school for the excellent education it offered, but they did not want their children to be led away from the traditional worship of their ancestors. So when my father challenged the new believers to tell their families that they were now Christians, they had no idea what he had no idea what he was asking of them. The next day when he returned to say goodbye, the principal met him at the door with a little girl in her arms. The child had been beaten. Dr. Dr. Pierce, I want you to meet White Jade. She did what you told her to do. She went home and told her father that she was now a Christian. When she refused to deny her new faith, he caned her and he threw her out into the street. She can never go home. The child has now lost everything. She wasn't more than 10 or 11. Well, 
well, you can take care of her now, won't you? My father stammered. I'm feeding as many children as I can, the missionary answered wearily. The question isn't what I'm going to do. The question is what are you going to do? With that, she gave the sobbing child into my father's arms. You know, St. Augustine says this, he says, or said this, in essentials, unity, in non-essentials, liberty, in all things, charity. You know, St. Augustine, what, just to unpack a little bit about this, St. Augustine's challenge to us is that non-essential doctrines in, you know, that we should, we should grant liberty. That is freedom that, to disagree with one another. You know, as Christians, to not get bogged down on per- peripheral doctrines or just different opinions in the life of church. You know, in the early church of Rome, there was um, actually a thriving vegetarian faction within the church. Like, you know, Liam, you'd be, you'd be pumped for that. And, but Paul writes in, in, in Romans 14, one person believes he, he can eat anything while a weak person only eats vegetables. Oh, 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 oh. Can I just pull that back? Let's just... This is Paul, and clearly... This is the Word of God, I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> Let's move away from that one and see if I can offend someone else. Who we got over this side of the room? There was also a difference, you know, this is, this is the start of this chapter. There was also a difference amongst those who um, honored certain days or not. Anyway, Paul, he was, he was wise. He said, how do we live with such differences amongst us? As for those who are weak in faith, faith, welcome them. And then he said, but not just to welcome people for the purpose of arguing with them about their point of view. <laughs> you know, in Christianity, there's, there's so much diversity in the way we worship, in the way we pray, the way that we meet together. But what we want to talk about is the fact that the gospel is essential doctrine. This is what we gather around. And we may not agree with everything that happens even in this church, you know, but that is okay. I want to just put this out there. Peripheral theologies, even the myriad of prophetic words that are, you know, being spoken over these times. I mean, you can go onto YouTube and just get hooked into someone saying this and the Lord is saying that. And and I'm like, whoa, there's a lot being said in this season, but all of that can actually just become one big distraction from the cause of Christ. You know, in 1 Corinthians 12, 31, just before 1 Corinthians 12, 13, 13, yeah, it gives us this invitation to step away from peripheral things, and and it's framed this way, to partner with the most excellent way. The next verse is the definition of the most excellent way from 1 Corinthians 13.1. It says this, If I speak in the tongues of men or angels, but do not have love, I'm only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. You know, the gospel says, despite our differences, there is room in my heart for you. There is room in my life for you. The gospel is the gospel of love. 
That's what the gospel is, the way of charity, the way of love. We don't, we don't want to sound like another resounding gong in this season, another clanging symbol. You know, the heartbeat of the gospel, the heart of the gospel carries the heartbeat of the Father. And, and I even want to say it's, not, it's more than just an idea about His love. It's an encounter <laughs> with the Father's love. It's the vulnerability of opening our lives up and saying, no matter, you know, God, Father, everything's open to your love, rearranging my heart, <laughs> rearranging the way I look at life. Give me the lenses that you want me to look through as I look at my world around me. Back to our story. So Mira Lee continues to write this. As a lost, sobbing child was thrust into my father's arms, my father recalled that moment as... This is the moment that world vision was birthed. I stood there with the child in my arms. Tears were running down her cheeks. She was scared to death, shaking in my arms. She was heavy and my arms were getting tired. I was shaken to the core. I'd never been held accountable for any consequences of my message. Now I was faced with, is what I say true? Is there any responsibility involved? Believe me, you do some thinking at a moment like that. So Bob Pierce, this young evangelist, was faced with a moment of decision. He couldn't stay to take care of the child, and he couldn't take her home with him. He wasn't a wealthy man. In fact, he'd come to China on faith, and his family was living on the charity of others back home while he was away. But God doesn't ask us to do what we cannot do. However, he does expect us to do what we can do. She writes this, digging in his pocket, so the story goes, Daddy pulled out his last few yen, and it was about five US dollars, and he gave it to the missionary tenor saying, if you'll take care of her, I'll send more when I get home. So even though World Vision wouldn't officially start until three years later in Korea, my father said that the simple act of obedience was the real beginning of World Vision. She writes this, about two years ago, I had the chance to interview Alma Kilborn, an Oriental Mission Society missionary who traveled with my dad in China. When I asked Alma if my version of the story was true, he laughed and he shook his head and said, your father emptied his pocket, but he didn't have a ticket to get home. I had to sell his camera equipment and all his personal items to get him money for the ticket home. But then he went on thoughtfully, that's what your father did all over the world. He gave what he had and believe God to do the rest. That's why God used him. She says this, Dad returned to China in 1948 for another three months of evangelistic meetings. By the end of that summer, over 30,000 people had come to Christ. So Alma Kilborn took his family to Korea, and in 1950, he invited his friend Bob Pierce to come and hold evangelistic meetings there in a war-threatened country. Um, Bob Pierce finished and returned to the U.S. when the Korean War broke out, but he returned back to Korea as a war correspondent. And when he was there, he was once again confronted by the incredible need and the suffering of the innocent children and the refugees. Overwhelmed by the need that he saw, he wrote this simple prayer in the front of his Bible. He said this, Let my heart be broken with the things that break the heart of God. And the rest, as they say, is history. As for White Jade, we may never know the rest of her story, but we do know that her life was significant to God. And even though she may not know it until eternity, her faith and sacrifice planted a seed that launched a wave of compassion that continues to change the world for millions of children to this day. 
amazing. One moment in time, one divine encounter has changed countless millions of lives. You know, and the story continues with us. Our vision statement is this, a community full of the love of Jesus transforming our world. You know, our heart for Thrive this year is that each one of us would be so impacted again with the bigness, with the love, with the awesomeness and the power of the gospel. For each one of us sitting here in this room and watching online, there is so much more. I think there's so much more for us to just be able to encounter about the gospel. So much more revelation for each one of us. Now, for each one of us, that we would take that good news, first of all, for ourselves and start believing it. And then that we would start speaking it out in our day-to-day conversations. This wouldn't just be a thing that we might do occasionally when we can, you know, feel confident enough, but that this would be normal in day-to-day life. That we would be talking with God and seeing things through His eyes, looking for opportunities to show His love wherever we go practically spreading the good news in big ways and small ways of ways you know each one of us knowing the good news of the gospel for ourselves and bringing the gospel of Jesus to others that together we would see his kingdom come right here in this world on earth as in heaven a couple of weeks ago I had a dream I just wanted to share this with you. I was at a New Life conference. Um, For those of you who don't know who are new um, to Thrive, we are part of um, New Life denomination, and there is many churches right across this country, about 10,000 people that gather together um, in various churches around the nation um, that are part of New Life. So we were at a New Life conference, like a big um, family conference, and we were actually at a swimming complex, which is a strange place for a conference, but that's where we were in my dream. And the visiting speaker, who was a prophet, came up to me while we were sitting at a table, and he said to me, God has placed a gift of wisdom on your life. Then he said, you've been wearing the wrong goggles, hence maybe why we're at the swimming pool. Um, He said, so in other words, he was saying, you have had a filter or a lens on your vision that has been wrong. That's what he said to me in the dream. And it's affected the way you've been looking at everything. So in my dream, in that moment, I knew for me that the wrong filter I had been wearing was a filter of I'm not good enough. And in that moment, in my dream, I actually felt the presence of God physically in my body. I was shaking. Um, And then he said to me, God is giving you new goggles to see things through the eyes of God. And I really felt this too and um, after the dream that 2020, you know, a lot of people had said 2020 is about um, clarity of vision, like, um, you know, your vision being strengthened. But I almost felt like 2020, coming into 2021, was actually about God giving us new eyes to see the world around us and to see ourselves. And I believe there's people here in this room today, and that's why I shared the dream, that you know you've been wearing those wrong goggles or that wrong filter, um, that wrong lens, and that's been affecting the way you've been seeing yourself. It's been affecting the way you've been seeing situations around you, and it's been affecting the way you've been seeing other people. And God today wants to minister to that, and he wants to give you his vision. So we're just going to close our eyes right now. If that's you, just put your hand over your eyes, and we're going to believe for the Holy Spirit to just come and touch your life right now to encounter you and bring healing to your vision. Claim it in the um, physical too. If your eyes actually need to be healed physically, claim this as well. 
So just put your hand on your eyes if this is for you. Holy Spirit, we just thank you for your presence here right now. We thank you that you are right here in this room with us. And Holy Spirit, for each person who just um, can identify with this dream, God, that's needing new vision, Holy Spirit, I just thank you, first of all, for your power just coming and touching them. Holy Spirit, that you would show them anything that has caused this wrong vision. And Jesus, that you would bring healing to that situation, to that moment in time that caused that vision to be so distorted. Jesus, we just thank you for the power of what you've done, for your resurrection power, for the power of the gospel just coming and invading each one of us right now. Jesus, we just thank you for everything you did, for everything you paid for so we could walk in wholeness in every way, in mind, in emotions, and in body. And Father, we thank you right now, and we receive new eyes. We receive your eyes God, that we would look at ourselves, that we would look at the situations around us, that we would look at others through your eyes. Father, we just thank you for just miracles in this room right now. Physical miracles, oversight, for miracles in the mind and in the emotions right now. God, that we would look in new ways, that we would have new vision that we would see ourselves and others like we never have before. We just say yes to your work, Jesus. And God, I just thank you for the more as well. I thank you for the more that you have got for every single person. Amen. So Deb was saying, the gospel is a gospel to be shared. In Mark 16, verse 15, Jesus said this to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to all of creation. All of creation. So this gospel, this message is to be proclaimed in word and in action. And, you know, we just want to dare to to dream that we're going to have the courage to go to our neighbors, (laughs) to go to our workmates, to go to our friends, to, you know, the disciples prayed this radical prayer. You know, God, fill us, grant your servants to have great boldness. Stretch out your hand, perform miraculous signs and wonders. And so we want to be a people like that who will actually go with great boldness. You know, as a church, um, we have shared that world vision, this story this morning. And um, we've just recently just been really taken, our hearts have been just really taken by what world vision is actually doing on the globe. Um, and, And so... It's really exciting because in a couple of weeks, we're going to be one of the the first churches in New Zealand to be a part of this new international missions project partnering with World Vision. And this brings, yeah, it's pretty awesome, eh? And actually, it's going to bring partnership uh, with a specific village and a a location uh, in the world that we actually know about, and we're not going to tell you yet. Uh, We're really excited about that, uh, about it. And on the 28th of February, um, we're going to have an exciting Sunday celebrating where we believe God's taking us on a on a missional uh, stage. We're still, um, you know, excited about our Cambodian missional connections and sending these guys, actually, uh, um, our Cambodian mission pastors, back to Cambodia uh, in a couple of months as well, which is really exciting as well. Uh, but on the 28th of 
February, we've got some really um, special guests coming into our church. Um, there's going to be an incredible testimony shared that you really not want to get, uh, miss. We've actually got a guy called Grant Norsworthy coming in um, to worship lead with us uh, this Sunday. He's the guy that pulled the blessing Aotearoa together, if you've seen that as well. Um, so we are just, we're anticipating as we celebrate the good news of Jesus Christ as a church, <laughs> that it's going to go beyond. It's going to go to our, our community. It's going to go to the nations. And we want to partner with his expression into the nations. Thanks again for tuning in to the Thrive Church weekly podcast. Stay up to date with everything that is happening by following us on 